A warm welcome to our Sunday liturgy at Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Chicago, whether you are in person with us this morning or gathering online. If you are online, we invite you to say good morning in the chat, whether on Facebook or on YouTube, and say where you are, such as, good morning, this is Craig from Lakeview, or this is Marlene from um, Ohio, whatever the case might be, so that we can see who's worshiping with us this morning. Also, if you are online, there's a link to the bulletin um, under the YouTube video feed to the left where it says, see more. We are proud of the new welcome statement revised and adopted by our congregation council. Whoever we are, whatever our religious or spiritual background, or I add, whatever we even think of church, we or whatever the color of our skin, our sexual or gender identities, God is the one who welcomes us here. God's acceptance of us all compels us then to stand against all forms of hate, such as racism or sexism, heterosexism, including xenophobia, classism, and ageism. Because of God's mercy, we are able to welcome one another with that same grace. For those of you in person, I think you've probably already discovered that the hymn of the day, the middle hymn, will be from our new ELCA supplement, the purple book, All Creation Sings. Let us now stand and face the rear of the church and follow the cross as it processes.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, we implore you to hear the prayers of your people. Be our strong defense against all harm and danger, that we may live and grow in faith and hope. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Lamentations. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. The mercies of God never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, in the Lord I will hope. The Lord is good to those who are patient, to the soul that seeks after God. It is good that a warrior should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a warrior to bear the yoke in youth, to sit alone in silence when the Lord has imposed it, to put his mouth to the dust, there may yet be hope. To give his cheek to the smiter and be filled with insults. For the Lord will not reject forever. Although causing grief, the Lord will have compassion out of an abundance of steadfast love. For the Lord does not willingly afflict or grieve anyone. Word of God, word of life.
A reading from 2 Corinthians. Now, as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, and in our love for you, so we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking. I do not say this as a command, but I am testing the genuineness of your love against the earnestness of others. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this matter I am giving my advice. It is appropriate for you who began last year not only to do something, but even to desire to do something. Now finish doing it so that your eagerness may be matched by completing it according to your means. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. I do not mean that there should be relief for others and pressure on you, but it is a question of a fair balance between your present abundance and their need so that their abundance may be for your need, in order that there may be a fair balance. As it is written, the one who had much did not have too much, and the one who had little did not have too little. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. in today's gospel will reflect Mark's use of a story within a story. The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So Jesus went with Jairus. And a large crowd followed Jesus and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman 
who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years. She had endured many physicians, much under many physicians. She had spent all she had, and she was no better, but in fact had grown worse. She had heard about Jesus, and she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately, her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately, aware that power had gone out from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before Jesus and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house and said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. So, when they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw commotion, people wailing and weeping loudly. When Jesus entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at Jesus. Then Jesus put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Jesus took her by the hand and said to her, Talithi kum, which means little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was about 12 years of age. At this they were overcome with amazement. And Jesus strictly ordered them that no one should know this, and told them to give the girl something to eat. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. What is the most traumatic thing that has ever happened to you? As you recall it, you're probably going to need to take a deep breath as these memories get get lodged in our bodies, not just our minds. 
Most of us will experience some kind of trauma in our lifetime. Trauma that takes us to the brink. Trauma that tests our faith. And in these times, we may say to ourselves, it's too much. I don't know if I can make it through this. Imagine mothers on this city's south and west sides grieving the murder of their children. Imagine the relatives of those missing holding vigil after the collapse of the condo building in the Miami area just a few days ago. Maybe you remember the moment that everything in your life changed in an instant. The doctor's diagnosis, the call or knock on the door telling of the accident, the beloved who says, it's over, I don't love you anymore, the person who violated your body without your consent, or the death of a loved one that ripped out your heart. Sometimes we experience trauma as a community, such as the pandemic. And I suspect that the recovery and the time of healing has only begun. Our first reading from Lamentations comes out of a traumatic communal experience. In 587 BCE, the Babylonians smashed the walls of the community's beloved Jerusalem and burned down the temple. Jerusalem in Lamentations is personified as daughter Jerusalem. And we'll come back to daughter in a moment. Now, this is the only time that that little biblical book of Lamentations even appears in our lectionary. But I wonder how many of us could even say a few things about that book. I guess I won't bring a microphone down and see if we pass the Lamentations test. Although the reading that we heard today is very hopeful and quotes the beloved hymn, Great is Your Faithfulness, Whoa, the context of Lamentations is anything but cheery. The book of Lamentations was written by people who had survived an unimaginable trauma. It's for people who have lost everything, lost everything they relied on for comfort and security. Suddenly, life makes no sense anymore. It's all too much. And I noticed a couple days ago a very shocking verse right before today's readings. My life was bereft of peace. I forgot what happiness was. To those who claim that everything that happens to us must be God's will, our gospel makes clear that God does not will human trauma or suffering or death. Now today we've got what I'm calling a Mark sandwich. One story inside another. The gospel writer Mark uses this device often, so there must be a reason for it. Now, both scenes have traumas and crowds pressing in on Jesus and the healing power of touch. The first character is Jairus. 
Jairus, the respected, possibly wealthy synagogue leader, he's at his wit's end. He begs Jesus to come and lay hands on his 12-year-old daughter who is near death. There's that word again, daughter. Now, parents who have faced a life-threatening illness of a child know this kind of trauma. The second character is an unnamed woman. For 12 years, she has suffered from a flow of blood. Religious sensibility at that time declared that she was unclean. We could say she faced religious trauma, being ostracized, marginalized, and separated from the community. One of our own members who worships at H.T. Loop, Brooke Peterson, wrote her doctoral dissertation on religious trauma, especially as experienced by LGBTQ people. If you are transgender, for example, and told you are a freak or rejected by God, it takes a toll on your body and soul. No wonder welcoming congregations and pride events and pride marches are so important because they proclaim the dignity and the worth of all, especially those considered outcasts or on the margins of society. So back to the unnamed woman. Now she had tried doctors to no avail. She was out of cash. But amid the great anonymity of a crowd, and we know what that's like, something causes her to be bold, to reach out and touch Jesus' cloak when he's not looking. And Jesus feels power. Jesus feels energy leave his body to hers. And he asks, who touched me? We imagine the woman sheepishly trembling and admitting that she did it. This is a remarkable scene. While time is wasting, while Jairus is waiting for Jesus to go to his failing daughter near death, Jesus attends to this outcast woman, calls her daughter, which means family, and declares that her faith has made her well, whole, healed. Now Jairus has faith too, like the unnamed woman. And Jesus raises the little girl up because he is the one who restores people to life and wholeness. And it is so amazing that in this section of Mark's gospel, Jesus continues to cross boundaries as he crosses the Sea of Galilee, the Jewish side and then the Gentile side always expanding divine reach, near and far, clean and unclean, respected leader, unnamed outcast woman. But let's be frank. Most of the time, the outer conditions of our illnesses do not change, do they? Even with a lot of faith. But we boldly reach out to touch the hem of Jesus' garment as well, longing for an inner sense of shalom 
and healing and wholeness and dignity. Here's what one writer of trauma says. We seek a sweet spot, a balance between ignoring the crisis, denying it, and over-dramatizing it as a martyr. It's a lifetime of work, isn't it? Being with the traumas in our own lives and our loved ones, not to mention the traumas in society, whether political, ecological, or social. While I was in my hometown of Longmont, Colorado, a couple weeks ago, Ernest and I visited one of the true saints in my life, 94-year-old Jean Larson. Her husband, Eugene, was the pastor of my congregation, my pastor while growing up. Together, their kind, open-hearted, and supportive presence was central to my call to ministry. But quite honestly, they were deeply loved by everyone. Now, 94-year-old Jean has lived through her own traumas. Her husband in his 80s fell off a, fell off a porch and eventually died. She buried an adult child following a bout with cancer. And there were other challenges as well. When I asked Jean what wisdom she could share about growing older gracefully, you know what the first thing she said was? It was advice from her sister over 100. Laugh often. I think that's the best part of my sermon today. The reminder to us to laugh often. But then she added that for her, she's able to face life's hardships when everything is too much because she knows she is held by divine grace. And I'm sure she could attest to this beautiful line from today's psalm, weeping may spend the night, but joy comes in the morning. Dear community, sometimes life is too much, isn't it? Yet our scriptures give us the freedom to lament, to grieve, to question where God is in it all. The traumas and trials of life are part of what it means to be fragile human beings. Yet somehow we still sing and we still proclaim, great is your faithfulness. Your mercies are new every morning. Every day is a gift. And that is truly too much. Too much beauty and too much grace for us even to take in.
Let us come before the triune God in prayer. God of hope, the ministry of your church extends across borders, from nearby neighbors to far and distant countries. Accompany all those who labor eagerly in service of the gospel, that through your good news all might experience transformation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, we give you thanks for the air we breathe, the water we drink, the land that provides our food. Guard all species of plants and animals from harsh changes in climate and empower us to protect all that you have made. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Righteous God, we pray for nations and their leaders. Give them a spirit of compassion and steer them towards a fair distribution of resources, that none among us would have too much or too little. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of healing, your touch has the power to make us whole. We pray for those suffering from physical or mental illness. Embrace those who are sick, especially Richard and those we name before you, either by unmuting or in the chat feature. Surround them with your unwavering presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for this assembly and all those gathered together in worship, in person and online. Revive our spirits, renew our relationships, and rekindle our faith, that we might experience resurrection in this community. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give thanks for the faithful ancestors in every age whose lives have pointed us toward you. Envelop them in your love, that with Blessed Mary, Cyril, Arrhenius, Peter and Paul, Catherine Winkworth, Thomas, and all your saints, we may be reunited with one another in the last days. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift our prayers to you, O God, trusting in your abiding grace through Christ our Lord. Amen. It is indeed good to gather with you, the people of God, this morning at Holy Trinity and on this day. It's a bit humid outside, but the lawn is dry enough for us to have some conversation and a cup of coffee in our beautiful garden. So I hope that many of you can stay for that time right after worship this morning. For those of you online, we hope that you can stay for HT Unmuted. This morning, it will be led by our council member, Ariel Frost. And uh, on the YouTube page at the left-hand side under the video feed, there's a link to the uh, HG Unmuted. Uh, there's more, a link to more information about the church and a way to give your offering. If you're in person, the offering basket is at the back of the church.
Next Sunday is a national holiday, July 4th, but we will have our liturgy at 9.30, and we have good news that starting next week, no, no prior registration for worship is needed, so just show up in droves all, from all of you all over the city, and we will also resume weekly Eucharist, weekly Holy Communion, beginning next week. The middle flower arrangement is for the wedding this afternoon of Annika Johnson and Karen Murray, uh, two uh, members of our congregation who are also very fine musicians. Their wedding is at 3 o'clock, and the congregation is invited as well. We continue now with the musical offering.
Holy God, our maker, our healer, our teacher, your magnificent creation springs forth from your word. All that has life and breath praises your name. For your word that sustains the earth, we thank you, O God. We thank you. You sent us, Jesus, your word to renew the world. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, preached your mercy, and called us to faith. For your word in our Lord Christ, we praise you, O God. Nourish us with the spirit of your word that we may grow in grace, bearing the fruits of redemption and sharing your strength and beauty with all the world. For your word in our lives, we entreat you, O God. Accept our thanksgiving and receive our prayer for the sake of your living word, Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Trusting in God who nourishes and sustains us, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, May the blessing of the God of Sarah and Abraham, and of Jesus Christ, born of our sister Mary, and the Holy Spirit who broods over the world as a mother over her children, be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.
Be watchful, stand firm in your faith, be courageous and strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Thanks be to God.